songwriters and they get asked which is your favorite song they say I can't choose they're like children to me and I can't choose between my children for me it sort of feels more like they're friends it's sort of like company that you're making I think that's probably what artists end up doing a lot of the time is they're almost making company for themselves in a way um, Home for the Deaf is basically the solo band name that I use rather than putting things out under the name Nigel Coop. I mean, it started back in 91, back in year 11. It was just basically a cure for the insane levels of boredom of high school and trying to keep some level of sanity in my head and enjoy life. But yeah, it started off yeah, in 91. Pretty much most of the early stuff was just sort of tape deck work, getting two tape decks, you know, samples of movies and stuff, stupid sound collages and recording noises and then slowly sort of piece together bits of songs and it's slowly gotten more musical and song orientated but there's always this element of messing around with stuff seeing how far I can push things and really sort of broad genre stuff as well like moving from country to hip-hop metal pop just depending on what I feel like or what comes out on that day that I sit down to record Growing up, I think one of the central things that I ended up doing was making my own world, you know, entertaining myself. At the time, I'm sure I sort of thought, oh God, I'm so lonely. Whereas now I look back at it and think, wow, I actually had really good time to teach myself skills like how to entertain myself when no one else is around or when there's nothing else happening. Yeah, Mess With The Best is definitely uh, different to the rest of the recordings because basically they're completely sample orientated and then generally more aiming at unbroken samples, like basically the mashups of like, if possible, to take you know, the backing track of one person's song and the vocals of another person's song and fit them together without actually cutting and splicing as little as possible. And I think that came around largely just due to access of the stuff. I just thought it was lying around and I was messing about with it. a bit of a classic idea, the mashup track, and I think the one that probably triggered me most was hearing Eminem's Without Me beat mixed with This Charming Man by The Smiths, which was just stunningly good, like it was the most disparate choice of just the idea of Eminem fronting The Smiths is genius. And beyond that, how much it musically made sense. <laughs> 
somehow his vocals locked into the chords of this song and it was like, okay, this was actually meant to be. I ended up finding where I can get the the vocals and the backing tracks for stuff and sat down and messed around with it. And I mean, Mess With The Best is sort of like stands out as a really different thing to a lot of the Home For The Deaf stuff. Home For The Deaf sort of doesn't really have a strict manifesto of what I can and can't do. It's whatever I, happens to come out that day. Blank Tapes, it's more or less a distribution label that I set up to help distribute my own music and other people's music around in the local scene mainly. People that are sort of catching around hearing their music and finding out that they're doing recordings of it like in their bedroom or whatever that just isn't getting out too far, maybe gets out to a small circle of friends and then just disappears. document further record that sort of stuff and make sure that it's doesn't completely disappear and it's it's not like a normal label that no one's signed to blank tapes and no one's making any money it's more just the idea of using the name and the logo Archive, I think, would probably be a good way of describing it. I find it one of the great things about having CDs in the store and realising this amount sold. I only know so many people that would have bought actual copies that I know the people. And it's kind of nice thinking, OK, there's people out there, I have no idea who they are, and they've got a copy of my CD in the house. So it's a weird idea, very strange. I sit at home all day playing on the computer Dad's stolen it so I'm a little confused now But it's alright cause I got the beat Music running through my head and making a little family It's just not the same without my favourite software Writing out on paper and beatboxing my own snare Never wrote a song with proper lyrics and beats This sounds alright yeah until it hits the streets I think the main ethos would be that blank tapes is basically Use what you've got if you don't have a computer with Pro Tools on it, what does it matter? Go down to Cash Converters, see if they've got a tape deck with a microphone built in on it that you can get for 20 bucks, and then see how far you can push that. I mean, for myself, that's how I've always worked. It's like I'll see how far I can push each of those things. Like if I'm doing bouncing from two tape decks when I was doing that, I'd see how far I could push that. The four track, I was ending up bouncing tracks, and I was at the end of using the four track, I was ending up getting like at least 10 tracks piled up in each song, like a lot of backing stuff. And yeah, it's just using what's available and having fun with that. I'll still go back and like find like really, I've got an old crappy reel-to-reel tape recorder in the bedroom which the speed wobbles on it and it just sounds kind of crappy but it also brings out this amazing sound like it just sort of sounds like like you're listening to an old record that's come out of you know 1930s somewhere out in the country some backwoods sort of thing and just the different recording qualities I think it is what Blank Tapes is, is about as well like it, it's a pretty broad journey across all of the stuff like this so much variety and so I think people probably end up skipping a lot of tracks and that and having their favourites on sampler CDs but I'm up for that and yeah I find that really interesting sort of seeing which tracks work for which people. No, I feel. 
It's a paralysis that you can have waiting for this perfect equipment or waiting for the perfect whatever it is that's going to make the perfect song. Like the perfect song doesn't exist. The Beatles are one of those sort of classic bands that everyone says, oh, they're, they're perfect. But, you know, you listen through Beatles records, they're, they're full of mistakes, recording problems, and there's issues in them. So I'm sure they'd go back and certain tracks, they'd probably say, oh, God, I wish we had have actually fixed that. Just like anyone, they probably hear the, the problems in their records. Yeah, there's a paralysis, I think, a paralysis in knowing or expecting too much. people that can play amazing guitar and they've listened to and observed so much music and, and they've got amazingly creative minds but they end up paralyzed by that and they can't actually make anything because they're looking at all these ideas that they've set up as perfection and they think if they can't create perfection that what's the point of it and I think part of the point of it all is just you know having some fun and that comes across in it take my breath away We were doing a lot of home recordings and tape deck work and I decided that it would be good to try and get that stuff out a bit further than I could see it getting by itself. We were spending a lot of time at the Interactive Art Gallery on Rundle Street. That was just basically an amazing scene full of people doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, Attractive Zine used to come out, basically this small photocopied magazine with a bonus compilation cassette of local lo-fi and home recording stuff and so yeah attractive zine was basically the first testing of the waters and there was two issues of that made up and then it sort of petered out because i think mainly because the photocopied magazine wasn't necessarily exactly what i was wanting to do i was more sort of concentrating on the compilation tape itself that was back in 95 or 96 that attractive zine was happening and then yeah around 99 blank tapes was sort of like the evolution of that and the compilation thing sort of started again at that point in time, it was just before the CDR revolution sort of thing took over where pretty much everyone was recording their music and stuff on old tape decks at home. And the name, I think, was actually suggested by another local musician, John Dale. It's funny because uh, my response to a lot of Nigel's music was not necessarily to, to be fanatical about it in any way. Nigel sort of, at the risk of offending the dear fellow, would throw a lot of stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Loopy, loopy, loopy. Well, looky, looky here, this is a loop on that kind of bouncing in the middle and the rhythm's just right. I kind of liked the cavalier approach that he had about it. At the same time, that didn't mean that I would listen to it all that much. But I always found that there were a few things hidden on his tapes that were really affecting. And it was something I didn't really encounter from anyone else in Adelaide. I mean, but yeah, there were, there were always hints in Nigel's work at the time that made you think that it would be just a fun idea to work with him. There was always, there's always a lot of ideas rushing through Nigel's head as well. So being a part of that process is fun, if not a little daunting sometimes. My mum has heard my music and, yeah, mum likes my stuff. She's sort of 
Although she comes out with the classic mum lines of Why can't you write more nice songs? Nine hour six bender Nine nine hour six bender I'm Maxine Cooper and I'm Nigel's mum. Well, he started having organ lessons uh, when he was in primary school. Uh, I think he probably did that for two or three years. Uh, he was always listening to music here at home. I just like listening to um, what he does. It's just pleasing to listen to. As I said, some of the more modern things, I don't like all of the stuff he does naturally. Um, I, don't, I always tell him he's not allowed to swear, but, <laughs> but that doesn't, uh, I don't know, that's just the norm, I think, for people these days. But, yeah, that, that, that's not my greatest like of what he does. You can call me a dickhead, but it's shithead to you. I actually don't know too much what's next other than I'm kicking around all sorts of ideas but I think the way that my music ends up working is that there's say 10 or 15 ideas in my head of which only two maybe three if I'm lucky will come to fruition just based on how much time I've got available I mean if financially I could afford to retire and just do music all day, then maybe the odds it up to maybe like 10 out of 15 things would actually come to fruition. But as it is, I've only got so much time. So, yeah, I really don't know what else will come to fruition out of all the other ideas. Thanks to Nigel Coop, John Dale, Elise Millington, Maxine Coop, Ben Rosenthal and Debbie for all their assistance with this project. Program producer, Dan Murphy. This program was produced with the assistance of the Government of South Australia through Arts Essays Live Music Initiative.